to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host. Um, so when you visit with the doctor for yourself, it can already be challenging to remember like what you want to speak about and describe exactly what the issue is. When you do that for someone else that you care for, it can be even more challenging. For example, like what's the difference between normal aches and pains that come with age or something that you might think is more serious? How do you ask tough questions of a doctor? Uh, can you even ask those tough questions when you deal with someone else? Or what if the person that you care for is, is telling the doctor something that doesn't make sense to you? These are things that, uh, that we want to address today. So this week, we've invited Dr. Jessica Lee, uh, who specializes in geriatric medicine. And she's here to provide us with some insight on how to talk to doctors about aging and how to talk to doctors as caregivers. If you think you already know how to talk to doctors and navigate the complex world of healthcare, I'm encouraging you to think again. Coming up on Prepare to Care. So, um, Dr. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so, you are a geriatric uh, practitioner. Is, mm-hmm. is that the right title for yes. you? Yes. Geriatric is? medicine. Geriatric <laughs> medicine, yes. So, um, day to day, um, I'm guessing that you see the majority of your patients would probably come and visit you with a caregiver. So, the geriatric medicine, we usually see patients who are 65 and older. Um, and probably the majority of the patients that we do have do come in with a caregiver. In my particular area of clinical care, I actually make house calls. And so I always pretty much see a caregiver. It may be a little bit different in a clinic setting. If you go to see your doctor in the clinic, some of my older patients are very healthy and don't need a caregiver. Um, but most of the time they will come with somebody. So it's a very common situation. In, in the kind of, of situation that, that you encounter, do you think that the, do the majority of caregivers participate in healthcare decisions, or do you perceive that maybe sometimes people are hesitant uh, to voice concerns that they may have, or or, or, or even questions things that that might come up? I think that oftentimes the caregivers can be hesitant to touch on certain subjects that might be very sensitive subjects. Um, Things that have to do with dementia in particular when it comes to memory impairment can often be areas where the caregivers may have some different ideas from the patient themselves. And so uh, it's very important that the caregivers do find a way to reach out to the physicians to let them know that mm, what their loved one is saying may not be entirely accurate. I guess that most hard because somebody with dementia may not even realize they have dementia, right? Right. I guess they don't. Right. Oftentimes they don't realize they do have dementia, and it sometimes can just be very counterproductive and uh, to confront them and say, "Oh, well, you have all this memory issues, and you've been forgetting all of these things." So I oftentimes will recommend that um, we speak with the caregivers if they have these concerns, perhaps outside of the patient's presence. So generally, whenever I'm interviewing a patient, I do always start off talking to the patient directly. 
But then I will turn to the caregiver and I will ask, oh, you know, is there any other input you have, any other things that you might be concerned about? And if there's some hesitation there or something that they may want to talk about but are not willing to address in front of the patient, then I will usually invite them to uh, come with me outside so that I can speak to them. Um, or I've had a number of patients, caregivers, who will tell me things um, outside of the visit. So they will either call me after the visit or will sometimes email me after the visit. Um, some will even prepare you before the visit um, to let us know that what the patient's saying may not be entirely accurate. And then I can set some time to listen to the caregivers too. Okay. And so are there like any, like, is it something that, that can be done? Like, are there like privacy laws or is it just like a discussion? At this point, you know what I mean? Are there things right. that caregivers should be aware or worried about, like overstepping boundaries, basically? Right. So I think for the caregivers, it's not so much that there are certainly privacy laws, but usually those um, involve specific diagnoses. Okay. So I may not be able to tell you, oh, yes, I believe your loved one has Alzheimer's dementia right at that time. But I do appreciate any information that the caregiver might be able to give me saying just you know, some most of the times it's some kind of story. Like yesterday, mom forgot uh, and left the stove on, or I know that she's been telling me that everything's okay, but when I go home with her, she is X Y Z. So certainly, listening to those anecdotal stories is, is perfectly fine and is not overstepping the boundaries because I really need to know that information in order mm -hmm. to be able to treat the patient effectively. So I think that's a that's a very important point. A lot of us might think, oh, I don't have the paper, I don't have the power of attorney. But really, what I'm hearing is in the day-to-day -day care, all those little stories help you evaluate where a patient is at. Absolutely. I, I really actually enjoy hearing all of the little stories because then that helps me put together the big picture mm -hmm. as to whether the person is functioning well at home or not or independently. And because also I encourage the caregivers to do so because there are things that we can do to help put services into place. Um, we can help with assistance with home health or things like that. So I encourage, I very much encourage caregivers to let me know because then I can actually help not just the patient, but also the caregiver. Sometimes they may need some extra assistance too. Oh, interesting. So sometimes in those stories, you're like, oh, this person is really stressed here. Yes. Or, you know, because there's a lot going on. So yes. it's not just for the patients. Right, exactly. You you can help with the caregivers themselves. I hadn't thought about that. Exactly. So I can help relieve some of the caregivers' concerns. Let's say they're concerned that their uh, parent isn't taking their medication correctly. Well, then I can help by putting some home health into place. I have a nurse who can come out once a week to help with the medications and put them into the pill boxes and do some education. And that is not seen as the caregiver interfering with the patient, mm -hmm. but just some extra assistance. So it helps the caregiver relieve some stress from that standpoint. Also, again, I mean, there's other resources, too. If I know that those things are going on, then I can help with the caregiver also. Do you ever deal, like, in, in caregiving situations, I think, for, for those patients with multiple family members who are involved in caregiving? Oh, you're smiling. You guys can't <laughs> see that. But So tell us. Absolutely. Uh, how does that work? So that tends to be a little bit tricky. Um, what I tend to do is the patients who, if, the fam if there is a family member who is actually living with the patient, that's the family member that I'm going to pay the most attention to because, let's face it, they're the ones who live it day in and day out. 
and I need to know those day in and day out activities and how I can help them. Um, sometimes actually I do spend some time mediating between family members so if there's one who feels something a certain way or, and there's another one who feels like it should be in a, I am quite happy to have actually family meetings and this is where family meetings are really important for me to have everyone sit down and have everyone discuss what the concerns are what things we might be able to address that kind of thing so that certainly has happened um, I also will ask the family members to designate someone as the sort of the speaker, um, the spokesperson for the family. Okay. Okay. So oftentimes I will say, okay, well, if, whether that be the person who they're living with or maybe it's somebody else who they oftentimes will designate someone who has some medical knowledge or something like that, they'll say, oh, I want that person to be my spokesperson. So in that case, um, it's much easier because then I can just go through that one person. So if there's particularly if there's a lot of contentious issues, I will try to ask them to designate one person. That's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Designate a family speaker mm -hmm. to you know deal with that. Right. So have you? Is there a difference in dynamics between uh, you know your caregiver is a child versus your caregiver is a spouse? So absolutely, there's definitely a difference um, in dynamics because a lot of times the children may, you know, not, they've always idolized their parents or seen their parents as their parents and not someone that they would have to help do things like changing diapers potentially or helping them take a bath. Um, so there can definitely be a different dynamic from that standpoint. I also find there's a little bit different dynamic as to whether the spouse is um, husband versus wife sometimes because um, there are sort of some traditional roles that they had gotten into over the years okay. and they may not be comfortable with having to do everything for that other person depending on how their relationship was prior to any, any issues, any medical problems. So tell us more about the, the, the parent-child relationship. I think mm -hmm. you, you, you bring up a very interesting point. Here's mom or dad, they've always been my parent and now there's an incontinence issue and they need diapers. Right. Right. So is there a good way to talk to your doctor about that? Or what have you found as kind of like a best practice? Yes. So again, I think that's really important to talk to um, uh, the doctors about. So I've had patients bring it up as, oh, you know, mom, sometimes you remember how you have some trouble getting to the restroom on time. So I've had patients who will phrase it in that way and then, uh, or patients' families who will phrase it in that way and then the patient will say, oh yeah, sometimes, you know, I have a little bit of trouble, but it's not a big deal. Then I can actually use that as a cue to, to talk about things that they might be able to try to do, behavioral training techniques and other types of things. So I would certainly encourage um, family members to bring it up. If they feel like they're, the patient, or their mom or dad, is going to be so uncomfortable with this conversation that they don't want to bring it up right at that moment, then again, that's another time to call the doctor later or call or email the doctor if you have access that way, um, just to let them know, you know, I know we didn't get to discuss this in our visit, but uh, mom or dad is really having a problem with this. Is there something we can do to help? So it sounds like it's, it's really, so what I'm hearing is, hey, if something is, is up, drop a few hints for yes. your doctor, right? Yes. And, and hopefully they'll pick up on that. Yes. If the doctor doesn't pick up or mom or dad or your spouse just puts in a big wall, then right. 
have that conversation later on with the doctor, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Make, make a phone call, make a phone drop call. an email, mm -hmm. but reach out to your physician. Yes. So, I mean, this is a very honest question. Like, do physicians get upset that they get all these emails, these phone calls? I mean, it adds to your work. So, I will be completely honest. Uh, no, actually, because this is very pertinent to the care of my patient. So, if my patient tells me everything is fine, everything is fine, everything is fine, and I go on thinking everything is fine, when it turns out there are a lot of problems at home, then that person is going to be in a bad way if something does happen, if they fall down, or if they don't take their medications right, or whatever. There's many consequences that can happen if I don't address that ahead of time. So I don't find it to be a problem at all when someone pulls me aside or talks to me later to say, oh, look, you know, actually, we're really having a problem with this. Could you please help us? So for our listener, I guess this is very important. I think for a lot of us, we put the doctors on this pedestal. Oh, these are very important people, you know. And and for some women too, particularly because of traditional roles, oh, I'm not going to bother that person. Right. You know, I'm going to take care of incontinence of this or that. And, right. and you know, and I don't want to upset, you know, my husband or right. whoever that I'm caring right. for. So what you're really saying is the opposite is actually true. Yes. That you can get help. Yes. And that for the doctor, it's important to know what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, absolutely. And I, I often actually will find that my families have been very creative about addressing some of these issues, which is fantastic because then when they let me know even those kinds of things, like let's say there was a problem and then they actually managed to address it in one way, I actually can use that to help other patients and their caregivers with you know, oh, well, I had one patient who tried it this way. Maybe this will work for your mom or your dad. So absolutely, please have an open conversation. I mean, our caregivers are so, 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 so important, especially with their older population, that I really, really encourage you to speak up um, when you need to. Again, you, even if you just need to. I've had patients say, you know what, I need to go to the restroom. Can you come out and show me where that is? And I follow them outside. Big hint. Yeah, yeah. big okay. hint. I follow them outside and there's something else that they want to discuss. They want to say. Right. Okay. And I think this is a very important point is that we, we care for these other people. We don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. And talk maybe in front of them about the dementia, the incontinence and all these terrible things that right. happen with aging that right. can be very embarrassing. Right, absolutely. And I find, too, that um, when the caregivers let me know and then I can talk to the patient directly about it, the patient is much more receptive than if it came from their caregiver I see. or it came from their family member because then it's coming from their doctor. Right. And their doctor usually has a position of respect and is not someone who they, you know, see every day or, mm -hmm. or live with or that kind of thing. And so I can actually help to alleviate some of that antagonism if the caregiver is directly trying to talk to the patient about this issue. So that helps smooth things out. Absolutely. Uh, so you specialize in geriatrics. So mm -hmm. I'm making the assumption you must like older people, right? Right. But not everybody <laughs> has access to a, a specialist in geriatrics. True. So... Uh, do you think that what you're talking about applies to, to regular, you know, generalists as well? Or are there some subtle differences? Or No, absolutely. So I think this should apply across your general internist, any of your primary care physicians, maybe ones that you've known for a long time. You know, if you have a good relationship with them and they openly communicate with you, you should be able to bring up your concerns to them. This should be for any physician, whether you're geriatrics or not. Okay. 
What about the person who maybe they don't have access to the, you know, they, they go to a clinic, the doctor's super busy. Right. I mean, not that they don't get, but they're super busy. Right. They need to get their attention. Right. How would they get their attention? What's the best way? So I think in that case is where you really just have to be an advocate for your loved one and step up and say, look, Dr. Zonso, I know that you're really busy, but I do have some concerns that I'd like to talk to you about, you know, maybe separately. Okay. And so then that cues that doctor and any doctor who, even if you're very, very busy, will take the, should take the time to listen to the caregivers because the caregivers often do provide that valuable information. They need to know that, that kind of thing in order to treat their patient effectively. So it's very, very relevant. So speak up. Okay. Speak Speak up. It's very important. It's very important. So here's another situation. So you, you know, you go to the doctor, and and, and I think that that's probably uh, the case sometimes. You know, the, the person who is aging, the person who is maybe in pain, wants to talk about their pain. The caregiver might have a different agenda. Maybe mm-hmm. they want to talk about the 18 medications they're on and how all that is working together. Maybe they want to talk about side effects like, you know, memory loss or mm-hmm. whatever it is. How do you compete, like, how do you manage this competing agenda sometimes during a visit? So what I try to do is, like I said, I will try to address the patient first. So if the patient has some kind of very specific need, then I will say, okay, well, you have some pain. Let's talk about the pain. Let's address the pain. But that usually won't take up a full conversation. Okay. Usually that takes, you know, not, not too long to kind of figure out and get resolved. And then I'll say, are there any other concerns? So if there are other concerns, that is when the caregiver should really step in and say, oh, you know what, I did actually have this question about whatever it is. And the the caregiver should, I highly encourage them to write things down. Because it's true that the doctor may not be able to address everything that's on that list, but at least if it's written down, you can say, okay, well, you know what, we're going to address this one today and this one today. And then the next time you come to see me, I'll make you a a shorter follow-up, and then we can address this one and this one. So we can help you prioritize as to what are the things that we can address immediately and are more important, perhaps. Um, so absolutely, I still think that you bring up those concerns and then write, you know, write them down if you need to keep track of them. So okay, so folks, if you're listening, you know there is a a, a, a timing. You, the the doctor's primary care is for the patient, mm-hmm. and that person is going to speak first and be addressed mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. And then the caregiver will have their time as well. Exactly. Whether it's during the visit or sometimes after the visit. Right. And the list of things is right. really helpful because then the doctor knows, okay, these are all the things that eventually need to be addressed. Right. Okay. So um, thank you. That is about all the time we have mm-hmm. uh, right now. But before we go, I want to ask you, what's the last piece of advice you would want to give to our listeners today? So I really would say... Ask the doctor, you know, the caregiver should really bring up any concerns that they might have, even if it sounds like it may be something small, because the doctor should be the one that can help you distinguish between something that might be part of normal aging or, you know, something along those lines versus something that they do need to address and could be helped with um, some kind of prescription or maybe an order or something like that. So. Please, please, please speak up, particularly as the caregivers. You all are the ones who live with them and, and have know all the details. Please, please, please do speak up. Okay. All right, folks. So you heard Dr. Jessica Lee. Please speak up when you go to the doctor with the person you're caring for.
So today we've been talking with Dr. Jessica Lee about um, a doctor's visit and about aging and about asking the tough questions, uh, or maybe not so tough, but asking the questions and speaking up when you go to the doctor with your loved one. To find out more about Dr. Lee and what she spoke about today, you can visit uh, the UT Consortium on Aging. Um, uh, but if you thought this podcast was helpful, uh, if you have friends who have asked questions about doctors and aging, or if you simply want to listen to this podcast on your on your summer trip, um, you can find these Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, or at the AARP website, which is www.aarp.org/houstonptc. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.